Hey, Marvel Maniacs. Welcome back to the next episode of Guardians of the MCU. This is episode 244, and we are recording on April 18th, 2022. I'm your host, Lizzie, and tonight the girls are taking over. It's me and Sheba. Hey, Sheba, what you doing? Nothing much. Just really excited that it's girls takeover night. And oh, like yeah. We're ready like, to talk all things like, Marvel. Like we were talking about earlier, um, thanks, Tim, for still letting us do this together, even though we both know that we get really, really excited. And we, we actually, we're good. We're, we're usually pretty good for time. I don't also, think like two hours in. letting us. That's cute. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just let them think that they're letting us. Yeah, we do what we want. <laughs> yep, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, it's going to be good. We have a yeah. great idea for our second episode of the week, and we have a lot to discuss re- revolving mm-hmm. around Thor Love and Thunder, the trailer just released. But before we get into that, uh, as a reminder, Guardians of the MCU is a part of the Random Chatter Network, so you can check us out at randomchatter.com for information on our shows, membership through Patreon, access to the Escape Hatch Discord channel, show merchandise from Public. Do we have any net- network announcements? Yes, we do. You should be checking out MCU TV because we are going through moon night episode by mm-hmm. episode actually i'm not that would be huge john and tim but re- yep. tune in regardless because it is fantastic and you should mm-hmm. be listening <laughs> yeah and now the show as is tim always likes, yeah yep. exactly oh, oh i was gonna say as tim always likes to tell me that i forget i'm not gonna forget <laughs> this time are you ready yep i'm ready on to the, on to the news Yay! I remembered. I know. Last time it was like Tim. Tim was like, "You didn't say it." And we're like, "Oh, right. Yeah, you didn't." We just got. We were really excited, and we just moved right into it. We were very excited, but look, mm-hmm. here we are remembering. Exactly. <laughs> Obviously, the first up for us to discuss is the Thor: Love and Thunder teaser trailer that literally came out today, and mm-hmm. we—I have been freaking out all day about it. It is literally going to be my whole personality come summer. Oh yeah, and. I love that it's there's there's so much to get excited about because we have in a, like in a few couple of weeks or so we have uh, Doctor Strange and Multiverse of Madness that comes out. Then yep. right after that we have Miss Marvel on Disney Plus, and then mm-hmm. we have Love and Thunder, and then we have there's something else that's out after that that I've now forgotten. There is something else. Um, there is something in November. Well, we still might have She-Hulk at right, some we'll point. Have... It's on the list, but I don't oh. think that's... Wakanda yeah. Forever. Wakanda Forever as well. Forever. That's right, that's right, that's right. I was like, there was something else. No, just no there was. Yeah. Yeah. And then, obviously, besides those are the main ones that we know about for sure, but like you said, there might be She-Hulk, another, maybe another Disney Plus show in there between you know, July 8th. And November, whatever, whenever kind of forever comes out. So, but back to Love and Thunder. Super excited about it. Oh my gosh. Um, From the first cue of Sweet (laughs) Calamine, which is like, I'm such an 80s girl and like any hairband music is my life. Um, And it just gave, I mean, I think we've discussed this plenty of times on the show. Everybody knows my feelings on Thor too. And the direction Mm -hmm. of Thor leading up to Ragnarok really wasn't my jam and really Taika Waititi came in and gave this, this really firm and strong direction for Thor to go with his character basically by shedding him of all of the things that we know and love about Thor so to get to see him do 
what he did to Thor to Jane is like so what I've been waiting for because I despise her character mm. in Thor 2 and I don't really like her in Thor 1 but I love Natalie Portman so I've always wanted her to have like a justice in her character so the moment at the end of the trailer when she catches Mjolnir is just like dead absolutely and like, dead and the fact that we know that you know Natalie Portman I mean the rumor was that she left because she wasn't really feeling they were doing her character justice but the fact right. that she came back means a lot I mean, with Taika Waititi, I mean, to be fair, I am very biased. I love Taika Waititi. I think I've watched, I will watch all the things if I know his name is attached to it or he's in it. I'm like, cool, I'll watch it. I don't even, it doesn't even matter what it is. I'm like, it must be good if he's in it. And so far, I haven't been disappointed with that line of thinking. So hopefully I will continue to be, you know, the streak will continue. Um, But I'm sure that, because he does tend to write really good, not just the male characters, but female characters as well. So it'll be nice to be able to see what he does with Jane um, and how he uses Natalie Portman's skills as an actor in that movie. Yeah, because she's so good. Mm-hmm. And I love her so many things. So when she came along in Jane, as Jane in Thor 1, I was really excited because I adore her. And just to see them sort of go a little too tropey for me that I want to see a female a strong female like Natalie Portman take on a role like Jane, the direction that Mm -hmm. it had been going was not for me, which is, you know what? Some people like it, which is totally fine. But to see her get to take over the Thor mantle is just like, I I cannot wait. I literally cannot wait. And there's like a scene in the trailer with Tessa Thompson, who plays Valkyrie on the the throne as the King of Asgard. Ah, give me, give me that. I was like, yeah, it's Valkyrie. And I had like a mini freak out attack because I was like, oh my God, I'm so excited. I, I'm so excited. And the like the co- convergence of like the Guardians with the Asgardians mm-hmm. is a perfect, like they were so good together in Infinity War, which I just mm-hmm. recently watched again because I'm on the road to the multiverse. So yeah. I'm right, but I'm just watching Ant-Man and the Wasp and now I'm about to watch Endgame this week. Um, mm-hmm. So I did refresh myself with Infinity War and their interactions together are so good that I bid you, I bid you farewell morons and the interactions with Rocket, just the whole, the whole interactions between them is, are so good. So that one scene where, where <laughs> Will is telling him to look at the people that he loves and he's looking at, and he's like, not at me. It's so fun. And that's Taika. All, that's like Taika oh, yeah. all over it. And and the best part is, is because at the beginning, you don't know that that's because you only see part of the blonde and you're like, is that Thor? Is that a, some woman he's talking to? And then all of a sudden you see like Thor's head pop out from the side, like making like extreme eye contact with Peter. And then even before that scene where the scene like the, there's a scene that he's working that, that Thor is working out and he's wearing a strongest Avenger hat, which I thought was hilarious. And then you see him kind of like take off his jacket shirt, whatever he's wearing and throw it onto Peter Quill. Uh huh. <laughs> he just throws it on there, and everyone else is just like looking. And Thor's like, "Wee!" I was it like, really "This is like hilarious." Perfect, yeah, it's like the perfect melding between Taika Waititi's sensibility for these characters and for the story, <laughs> and the unleashing of Chris Hemsworth's pure, you know, capabilities as a comedian with his timing. And it's just like it really is this like beautiful convergence between those two things. So I'm so excited to just see like where this takes us into the MCU into the next parts of phase four, but also just like the Thor franchise itself, like that Thor is a character in the Thor 
movies itself. I just, Taika has just done so much for this character in this like section of the MCU. Mm -hmm. I'm just so jazzed. And it's interesting. We didn't get to see Christian Bale's uh, Gore the God Butcher at all in this, in the teaser, um, which I'm I'm okay with because I'm still excited to see it regardless. But it's just interesting to see how, because it's a different vibe right now on how, like how they set it up. They kind of just set it up more like, oh, here's Thor's story. He's not, you know, he's not going to do superheroing anymore. What is he going to do? All right, but there is a conflict, but we don't, we're not telling you what the conflict is. So it's it's really interesting to see the, the tone of this first tra- teaser and how it'll change, obviously, when we get a, a different um, trailer. I feel like that's been a trend lately with their teasers mm-hmm. is more about the tone of the movie rather yes. than the story of the movie. And I kind of yes. like that because Me too. I actually don't want to see the story of the movie before we get Agreed. to the movie. I love to see the tone. I love to hear what music, the colors mm-hmm. they're going to use, what costumes we're going to have, this sort of like play, what kind of humor we're going to get. Like that, that in a teaser is perfect for me. And I don't exactly. want to see too much of the story. Plus we've already had this discussion about people's disappointment with Gore, with the God Butcher looking the way yes. he does in the, in the um, toys. And so like, I kind of like that they're not pulling that cord yet because we know that people are going to be people. (laughs) Exactly. And and honestly, I love not knowing a lot about a movie, especially if I like, you know, just going into it and being like, Hey, let's see what this is going to be about. Um, Especially with someone like Taika Waititi. I know that, you know, he usually, he puts out good movies, so I'm not really too worried about it. And even if it wasn't, a, you know, whatever, if it wasn't a good movie, I'd still like to just go in not knowing a lot and being surprised with everything as opposed to anticipating something and then being disappointed if it doesn't go the way that I was hoping it would go, even though that rarely happens with Marvel movies. But I, I do like having very little of the story, like you said, little of the story given to me. I'd, I'd really like to be surprised just because then you can you can have those surprising or like those oh my god that that's a crazy thing happened while you're watching it as opposed to in the in the trailer yeah i wish they hadn't have given away the hulk reveal in the ragnarok trailer because i think that's such a great moment mm-hmm. and when they gave away the whole like friend from work line in yep. the trailer i feel like that's such a disservice to that moment in the movie but mm-hmm. i also you know i get i get it from a marketing standpoint but i also just save as much as you can Give us the tone. Exactly. By this point, I think the people who are on board with the Marvel movie are going to be on board whether or not you show them all of the story or True. not. And because they were out of trust. So I just hold on to it, Marvel. Hold yeah. on. To, keep it tight. <laughs> and Mar- Marvel is getting a little bit better, I think, with it. Like they'll, they'll reveal certain things, but then they'll keep the other things as close to them as possible. Like, I mean, we saw with No Way Home, they really did their best. I mean, people were still analyzing it, being like, yeah, yeah, but they're, they're going to be there. But Nobody was 100% certain about yeah, they were. having all three Spider-Mans. Yeah, like people knew. They were like, wait, they look like they removed the characters out of their the scene and stuff. But the fact that Marvel's going above and beyond to kind of hide those things shows just how much they know that their fans will be excited when they see them, like see those scenes in theaters. So they're, I think they're going above and beyond out of their way as well to hide those little surprises. Just ignore like these hyper hyper fixating on those details. Like I don't do that. And I don't yeah. watch people's things that do do that. Like it's totally yeah. fine if you do it. 
And if you watch it, but for me, like I'm not interested in your hyperanalyzation. And we oh, know yeah. that me from a speculation and rumor section, it's not for me. But like, yeah. And sometimes it just pops up. I think that that one, the one that they'd removed all the characters from there, that one just randomly popped in to my, I don't know, just popped up somewhere on my Instagram. I don't usually look for them and I try to avoid some of them, but it just popped up and I was like, oh, interesting. Okay, cool, moving yeah. on. But I still didn't believe it. I was like, eh, I don't know, maybe, maybe. I don't want to get too excited here. I'm just going to wait and see. So I was still excited yeah. when I did see, see it. So again, regardless with Love and Thunder, I'm sure it's going to be fantastic. There's going to be a lot of, there's going to be a lot of Taika Waititi-isms in there, yeah. Um, which I can't wait. I like I, I was telling a group of friends because I just started watching um, Our Flag Means Death, which is another Taika Waititi oh, kind of so thing. So excited about it. Yeah. And I love, like, I just, I'm like, I'm, I think I'm so biased for this stuff. Like, I literally watch everything that, at least most of the things that he's been a part of, I will watch just because he has a good track record with me in his humor and then how he... Pre- presents a story that I really trust what he what he b- puts out there and again he's a person of co- there's a person of color I'm trying like you know be extra to supportive so I will watch everything that he's in so I think that I'm a little bit more biased but I'm really looking forward to this movie yeah same and I think we're I, for me the poster that that like super 80s looking poster mm-hmm. really had I don't need anything else than that honestly like I'm so yep. sold on that vibe because I'm such an 80s like a child of the 80s I was born in 1982 so it's like literally my life and I am here for you played sweet child of mine you've got the 80s 80s poster mm-hmm. there's like it's 80s all over the place I'm in I don't need anything more yep. but I understand some people need more but it, for me I'm in doesn't matter <laughs> yep, agreed. Uh, next up on our news list is a little uh, tidbit from Ethan Hawke, who plays uh, Arthur Arrow. I mean, sorry, Arthur Harrow in Moon Knight, obviously. And he's talking to Entertainment Weekly about how it's a limited series. So he, he's saying here it's likely to only have one season. But as I think we've discussed this before, that's kind of what they're doing here with these shows. Maybe they'll get I think it's maybe some will get a second season. Mm-hmm. But it's definitely yeah. not a supposition that they all will. It's what is yeah. Moon Knight going to flow into the next Marvel project, whether that's on Disney right. Plus or on the big screen. Yeah. That's how this is working. So I think it's interesting that they keep talking about these things. Like, right. That's not the expectation yet, maybe. And except for, for exactly. maybe us, because we talk about it a lot. But yeah. And even with like things like, I think the only time we really were like, oh, that's going to get a second season was Loki because it was kind of going around that there was going to be a second season. Um, well, and they're taking him out of the game on the uh, as far as the movies are concerned. So it right. is like because yeah. it's a variant situation. They've taken him out of exactly. play in exactly. the timeline. So until they reintroduce him in the timeline, right. which who knows what could happen with multiverse right. madness. But like that, it makes sense that that would be a show where you could have a second season. Exactly. You know, and and what if makes sense because it's like infinite possibilities. There's, you know, multiple things that can happen. So it makes sense that there could be more than one season because you could do whatever with the characters there. Um, but everything else. We talked about WandaVision not being one. Yeah. obviously, And exactly. even Falcon and the Winter Soldier is not going to be Falcon and the Winter Soldier because he's Captain America now. So if it is exactly. another show after Cap 4, it's going to be Captain America and the Winter Soldier, hopefully Captain America and the White Wolf. Some of us would like to see. Exactly. <laughs> And I think they were planning on doing, they were saying that they wanted to do that at the end of the original show, 
but then they didn't because they didn't want to take away from Sam and the, him being Captain America. So no, that's why they were that. like, mm, never mind. Like so which, yeah, which I was like, yeah, it makes sense. I hope for the, I hope for a progression for Bucky to get to that place okay. um, in a different, I, I would love a different season or a different way for him to get there because it should be focused on Sam in season one as it was. So exactly. Totally fine with that. Um, our next point is about Ironheart, which is sort of ramping up at this stage because the directors have been announced. Mm-hmm. So we have Sam Bailey, who is a co-creator of Brown Girls, and Angela Barnes, who's one of the directors of Blind Spotting. And they are about to start filming in Atlanta and then production will move to Chicago. So that is exciting news because yes. I know that we are all excited about Ironheart and the possibilities mm-hmm. for Riri Williams to enter the scene. Yeah. I love that. I love for this that they are, because they're introducing Ironheart in Wakanda forever. I like that they're not pulling what they did with, I think it was Captain Marvel, where they they made the movie after they had done Infinity War. So they didn't, so didn't. really know where or how, what her powers were like. And it, it, you could tell that there was like that disconnect. So I like that they were like, all right, we learned from that. We're not going to do that again. We're going to properly have her like record or film what we need to with her first and then start production her stuff yeah it is because i mean i think they really are learning from they still it's still such a new thing that they're doing i mean it's we're Mm -hmm. only 12 12 14 years out of this 14 years yeah yeah Uh, 2008 14 years so i i think that's in the scope of like movies i mean star wars has been around for so much longer than that and mm-hmm. has made less movies to be fair. But, you know, I think it's still a short period of time as far as a learning curve is concerned. I think, I mean, mm-hmm. maybe some would disagree or fair to disagree, but I mm-hmm. think it's still a short period of time. And it's a short period of time since, you know, the first, a lot of the firsts, the first female standalone, the yes. first black character, the first, you know, we're getting all of those yeah. firsts out now. So there's, it's still fair to say there's a learning curve and oh, a yeah. way to learn from what they've done. So I think it's nice to see that. Yep, agreed. Um, next up, Doctor Strange 2 has a PG-13 rating uh, for apparently intense violence, but I think we kind of got that from the trailer. <laughs> yeah, it seems like a lot more, I mean, let's be honest, even in No Way Home, there was it wasn't really violent. I mean, it's in terms intense. of like, yeah, it was just a lot darker and there was a lot like, there was a lot more darker themes in No Way Home. So I feel like that's going to carry over from what we've seen in the trailer from Multiverse of Madness. So I'm, it, do, it makes sense that it would be PG-13. And most of the most of the Marvel movies have been PG-13. Uh, most yeah. of the Marvel movies was some of the Marvel shows, um, with the exception of Miss Marvel, which is going to be PG. Um, but most of them have been PG-13. So it makes sense. Like it, it, it wasn't even something that I was like, oh, that was not something that I wasn't, I, I figured it would be PG-13 at the least. Yeah, I definitely thought it would be PG-13 because they, what we heard coming out of even Comic-Con 2019 was that this mm-hmm. was going to be like a horror film, you know? So right, we heard exactly. a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot over the last two and a half years that this was the horror film, that they were taking it in a really genre direction and that it was mm-hmm. going to be like really driven by that more than just fitting into the MCU is going to be this genre of horror element to it. We didn't know how much, but so it makes sense that they would have it for intense violence because it just, I mean, I think also psychological violence, which we yes. know is a key point here in this 
not only because of Wanda, but what we've seen from the trailer of what's going on with Doctor Strange is is something that is deserving of a higher rating because it is harder to take than maybe just like a punch in the face, I would say. Because yeah. that, yeah. like, manip- that psycho manipulation, I think, is a little bit more um, intense and darker. So yeah. it makes sense. Yeah, and that creepiness factor in there as well. It is creepy. Even those parts yeah. of WandaVision where, you yeah. know, where, where you realized what was happening or you could see the, right. like, toll it was taking or those moments when you saw Vision. Yeah. It's very horrifying. They definitely right. were walking the line in WandaVision. So we know mm-hmm. they're going to be, yeah. like, unleashed in Doctor Strange too. It's going to be a thing. Exactly. Yeah. Our last news related to the MCU is that um, Sam Jackson works with his writers and directors to get his tone right. Because, And the quote here is, I've been doing Nick Fury for so long. I know what he sounds like and I know how he thinks and how he feels. There are times in the midst of doing or studying the lines for the next day or the scene that we're doing that I can tell the writer knows what he wants to say, but he hadn't said it. So let me help and I'll write it. Then I'll put that person aside and say, this is a better way to say it as Nick Fury. Now this makes a lot of sense because Mm he, I feel like they really wrote this version of Nick for Sam. And so, you know, they aren't, It's not Sam fitting into the peg. It's Nick exactly. fitting into the Sam hole. Like, sorry, yeah. that was a horrible. Because they did, they they did change the Nick Fury. Because Nick Fury used to be a white guy in the comics, and then after Sam Jackson took on the role, they switched in the comics as well to make right. him look more like Sam Jackson in the comics. So, you know, I uh, yeah, I I love that Marvel does this a lot. Um, not just with with Sam Jackson, but a lot of the care, a lot of the actors that have been portraying those characters for a long time they are like hey you know this character you've been acting as this character for a long time and have been asking advice or getting them to work with the the directors or the writers and I love that they're doing that for for Sam Jackson as well and I love that he's getting that opportunity because he really has been Nick Fury for so long and he really is that character like you said and it just wouldn't be the same having someone else just be like yep no this is what he'd say when you know that Sam Jackson is like, no, no, I, I eat, sleep and breathe this character. I know, I know what I'm talking about. Right. And also just to like, we've seen the connectivity between the characters and the actor outside of the role. I mean, we've saw it with like RDJ and Chris Evans mm-hmm. and Mark Ruffalo, and, you know, a lot of them outside on their, the way that they would be tweeting or interacting with each other. And so I think when you've inhabited somebody for so long, there are things that seep over. So it mm-hmm. is important to know when to trust the actor and what they, you know, when to support them with something behind the scenes with directing or writing, but also to let them sort of take the reins in that area as well. And I think that Marvel has a good sensibility of that, not only for how great they cast these roles, but also with the trust that they have with their actors to kind of like know these people. Exactly. So it makes a lot of sense. And I love to hear that. Um, I think we all love that. Uh, there's other related Marvel news, which, you know, I don't consider this something that we should talk about on the show, but yeah. I'm always overruled by Tim and John. <laughs> I don't think I'm overruled by you, but I think John yeah. and Tim overrule me at every turn. So I guess we have to talk about Sony's Sumac and the yeah. Madam Webb and Silver Sable films on the verge of starting production in Boston and Craven the Hunter. <laughs> Craven the Hunter is apparently running behind schedule. Shock of the century. I mean, 
I was just having this conversation conversation with someone because they had just they just watched uh, Morbius and he was like oh my god I'm like right and he's like that was the dumbest movie I'm like yep it should have been a movie that didn't need to happen I'm like even watching even before I remember talking to my trainer because when before COVID happened we were talking about when like Morbius Morbius they were saying it was going to be filmed both of us were like okay but there's no Spider-Man so like why Venom at least you know, there's Agent Venom and he does his own thing. Like, okay, fine, cool. Maybe I could see that possibility, even though, in my opinion, it was, you know, it wasn't the best movie Sony has ever made ever. So I was like, "Eh, okay. But I'm like, I was willing to be like, I'll give that a chance. But with Morbius, I'm like, Morbius doesn't, like, there's not enough for Morbius to be an individual character. There's not enough interest for me. I'm like, I just, I don't care enough about him. I'd be like, all right, cool. But where's Spider-Man? And I feel like the same thing is with Craven. I don't care about yeah. him as much as a character. I like I care about him in terms of his relationship to Spider-Man, but by himself, couldn't care. And a lot of the things with Craven is that he hunts all the different animals and he hunts all these unique characters or different animals because they're a challenge. And then he goes after Spider-Man because Spider-Man is a new challenge. So if there's no Spider-Man, what is the point of Craven? Like, I don't really care to know his origin story. Like, it doesn't matter to me if I know how he became Craven or not. The whole point is that he's like, I'm the world's greatest hunter and I'm going to hunt Spider-Man because he's so, like, this is different. He's a different, like, he's somebody that I, I don't think anybody else has been able to capture him. So I want to do that. That is his whole motivation. You take that motivation out, then there's no point to his character. Well, I think what we know from the outside is, how much Marvel has no interest, Marvel Studios has no interest in the Sumac outside of Spider-Man. And Mm -hmm. they're not really allowing Spider-Man to be a part of the Sumac. So it's like, okay, then what are, who cares? Like, I mean, and if you care, great, like go watch the movies and enjoy them. But honestly, like they seem ridiculous to me. Right. And like Madam Web again. Yeah. Madam Web again. Yeah, and Madam Web, Silver Sable. Silver Sable are cool characters, but again, it's in relation to like, especially Madam Web. She's literally the one that kind of controls like the, the, the Spider Verse or knows what's going on behind the scenes. Like, it, she doesn't really work without a Spider Man. And I don't really, again, I don't really care to know about her backstory. I don't want to know about her origin story. Like, if she's in a movie with Spider Man, great. But if she's not, I don't. It, it's not going to be like. I don't really care. And Silver Sable, same thing. Making, Yeah, it would be one thing. Let me just say this. I will say this. On the plus side of what I think the possibility of what Sony could be doing. They're not. Let me start by saying that. But I think that what Sony could be doing is telling interesting superhero villain stories outside of what they're allowed to do with Spider-Man and make them good and interesting and cool. Have they done mm. that? No. I like mm. Venom, the first one. I thought it was interesting. I love, honestly, I'll watch anything with Tom Hardy. So it's really more about Tom Hardy than thinking they made True. a good Venom story. They didn't. It yeah. wasn't a good movie. I mean, in my estimation, mm-hmm. but they're not doing that. But like they're, it's, they're not like, making interesting dynamic movies. They're desperately holding on to properties that they yeah. don't want to give over to Marvel. And it is so apparent. And I think that that's what I think is annoying yeah. to me. Because and they're writing, I'm just like, hey, 
were making a good movie, bro. Like, yeah. let it go. Exactly. And it's like they're they're riding on the Marvel coattails. Like, they're literally like, they with Morbius, all they were doing was Marvel. Like, the marketing was all like, Marvel, Marvel, Marvel. Oh, this is a new Marvel superhero. Oh, it's a new Marvel character. But then, like, and so I think a lot of people were like, oh, okay, it's kind of Marvel related in the trailers. They had, you know, pictures of like Spider Man. They, they, yeah, they had Keaton in there. And then you go to watch the movie and you're like, where? Like, where, oh, where is that? Like, where? I don't want to ruin it. I mean, I don't know if you're going to watch it, but spoiler alert for anybody that I'm watches not. it. Okay. For a spoiler <laughs> alert, if anybody is going to watch it, then you turn away now. Yes, really want to watch it. Turn yeah, off. Like, otherwise, it has nothing to, half of the stuff that you see in the trailer. No, sorry, not half. All of the stuff you see in the trailer is not in the movie. I'm going to cool. put that out for you there. And then, again, spoiler alert for anybody that is going to watch the movie that wants to. The end credit scenes, again, is that okay if I spoil it for you? Lizzie? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm so literally the, not going to watch okay. it. So the end credit like scenes... I think he's a good actor, but I think he's such a creep in real life. Yeah. It doesn't make me want to watch his movie. Right. And so the end credit scenes, there's two of them, that both use... The first end credit scene is Michael Keaton showing up in in a jail cell where Morbius used to be, pops up in there, and he's like, "Wow, this is new." So they they so they took the rules of the, the multiverse from Doctor from No Way Home, and then pooped all over it, and were like, "We don't remember what the rules are." So they pulled Michael Keaton's vulture into the Morbius Morbius universe, but it doesn't make sense at all. And that was the first right. scene. So we're like, why are you, why is he here? Like they're, they're pulling people into the, into the Spider-Man universe, but why are they, why is he coming here? He has nothing to do with any of this. And then the right. second part of the, the end credit scene was, um, what's it called? Oh, I hopefully Tim doesn't listen to all of this. Anyways, the second one just is another, it does, it doesn't go on with the rules of the multiverse either. It doesn't make any sense. It's like they didn't watch the movie and were like, we're just going to use these things here. And you're like, that doesn't make any sense at all. So it's it's just dumb. And I'm to complete my rant is that I I don't really care <laughs> about the Sony. I saw the, trailer, I saw the trailer and I knew it was dumb. <laughs> it, and it, honestly, just watch the pitch. So watch pitch meeting in uh, like it's called screen rants, like screen rants pitch meetings. If anybody has watched that, and if you don't mm-hmm. want to, if you don't want to watch the movie, just watch that, and that explains everything that is wrong with this movie. And that, nice. and it's, and it's funny, so you'll enjoy it a lot more. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, Sorry, that was my rant. little. No, I liked it. You know how I feel about it. Every time we talk about it, I laugh my butt off. So like, hilarious. Mm. Our last little um. Uh, area of speculation rumors in the news department we have is a well i guess it's in the speculation rumors of the news department but a rumor mm-hmm. that the post-production delays may cause she hulk to release later in 2022 than expected but um that's really all we have so once we get more information on that we'll obviously let you know but i think we already kind of expected that to be yeah. the case since we have it down here that she Hulk's supposed to release june 8th oh yeah that's not happening. So yeah. obviously that it has to be delayed. Yeah. It'd be kind of cool if there was something in um, Love and Thunder that led us to, 
just because of Thor's relationship to Hulk, it kind of right. is a nice lead in to yeah. Ruffalo and uh, a handoff to She-Hulk. So, I mean, yeah. obviously she's coming down the pike. We just don't know when. So we right. will keep you updated. And that is all we have. Um, join us for our second episode of the week where we have a little fun thing that we're going to do, uh, Jashiba and I. And um, until next time, have a great week.